listening online. Thanks for tuning in to, to The Grove. And I'm excited for today. We're in part two of a series called Uphill Habits. Um, here's, here's, here's what we're talking about for this whole month. This whole month we're going to talk about this. Is Aristotle said it like this. He said, we are what we repeatedly do. So your life is a, is a sum total of all the actions, all the thoughts, all the things that you've been doing your whole life. That you're, you're at where you're at because of what you've done, what you thought, what, what, what your, your habits are. And so we said, what would it look like if this year uh, we begin to, to maybe reform, have some new habits, reform some old habits that aren't so good, and, and drop some old ones that aren't habits that aren't working? Because we said this about habits. is We first reform our habits, and then our habits, they end up forming us. First, you form on what you do, and then it ends up causing you to become the person that you are. And at the beginning of the year, everybody has you know, good resolutions and um, hopes and, and good dreams and goals for the year. And a lot of times, those things get us going, but they never keep us going. Hopes don't, hope doesn't ever keep us going. It only gets us going. Good habits and the right habits will actually keep us going. And so we said this, that most people, they have uphill hopes. This would be goals or dreams, resolutions, whatever. They're, we're always saying, I want better, I want more, I want something greater. The problem is not the hope, it's actually the habit that we form. Most people have uphill hopes, but they have downhill habits. And the reason we don't uh, realize our dreams and our hopes is because we don't, we don't begin to change our habits to be also uphill. And that means it takes work, it means sometimes it's, it's, it's challenging, uh, but... Uh, we, we, we need to do that. In fact, I, I, I know a lot of times for the New Year, some people don't even write resolutions. So like, it never changes. Every year I do it, don't do it. They just give up. Some people write resolutions, and there's a good percentage of them that they don't even make it into February. It's like, you can't even make it one month. That's because they have a downhill habit. They need to learn how to make uphill habits. And so this, this month we're saying, what would that look like if, if we begin to go uphill? Because really everything worthwhile is uphill. In your life, everything in your life that's worthwhile, it's going to be uphill. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some discipline. And we want to be that kind of church and people that say, I want to, I want to accomplish good things this year. In fact, Romans 12, 2, this is kind of the verse we're using this whole, this whole series, is fix your attention on God. That's where it starts last week. We talked about that. You'll be changed from the inside out. Um, most people look on, they want to change from the outside in, but God says it works the other way. It has to start on the inside and it works its way out. Um, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging it down to its level of maturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So the culture, I mean, we're, we're prone to just do, go, go down the, the easy way, downhill habits, just whatever, go with the flow. And God is saying, no, I want to form well for maturity. And you know, anything that, when it takes maturity, it means there's a growth. It means there's challenge. It means you're being stretched. You're being, you're being pushed to become better. So last week is habit one. We'll review is this, that we said habit one was focus on what I do first. Focus on what you do first in life. That's really important. What you do first, it, it imp- impacts and affects everything else. We said talk about putting God first. In fact, we said, what would it look like if we put God first of our year, in the first of our month, in the first of my week, and in the first of my day. What would that look like this year? If we would just say, God, I want to put you first. I want to invite you to lead me. So as a year, for the year, we start off with 21 days of fasting. We say, what would that look like if we said, God, we give you a chunk of our year just to begin to start off by saying, we need you, we need you, want your help in it. And the reason we do fasting is because here's the principle. When it comes to fasting, what you starve dies and what you feed thrives. So if there's something in your life that's not good, when you begin to cut that off, it'll actually die out. But as long as you keep feeding it, it'll stay in your life. And that could be good or bad. So whatever you're feeding will continue to grow and thrive. And so we said, what would that look like? And then we talked about a daily habit of, of having a one-year Bible, which we'll talk about today a little bit more. Um, so today, we're going to talk about the second habit. And this is the second habit. We need to learn how to control our thoughts. So control our thoughts. Um, 
one of the things the Bible talks about over and over as you read the scriptures is it talks about the way we, what we think about. The way we think is really important. It matters. Um, and because we know this, that everything first starts with a thought, right? It, it begins with a thought, and then it turns into action. And so our thoughts are powerful, very powerful, and, and they, they make an, a, a larger impact in your life than sometimes you probably realize. And here's the reason, because in your life, nothing will change until you begin to change the way you think. Nothing, never, nothing ever changes in your life until you begin to change what you, the way you think about things in your life. Um, and here, here's why, because in Ecclesiastes it says this, that the wise, it says wise thinking, it leads to right living, but stupid living, stupid thinking leads to wrong living. So it starts with your thoughts. It starts about the way you're thinking, what you're doing, um, and, and everything begins with a thought. So in your day, uh, how your day goes, a lot of times it starts off with an initial thought, and you have to be careful how you start your days and how you end your days. In fact, a couple weeks ago, I said, don't treat your day starting in the morning. Your day actually starts the night before. Uh, so when, the way you end usually will, will impact the way you start. So if you're watching a lot of stuff that makes you upset and mad, you're probably going to wake up a little with some of those same emotions. You'll probably dream a lot about those things. So you have to be careful how you end your day, but how you start your day is really important. Uh, when you wake up, uh, are you waking up grumpy? It's like, no, I don't wake up grumpy. I let him sleep in, right? I let that person sleep in, right? So you, you, if, if you're being affected by, your, by what, how you start, it'll affect your emotions. It'll affect how you, how you view life. It'll, it'll start your day. And I think the enemy knows this. This is why he puts things in front of us that bug us in the mornings. You know, you turn on the, the news and you're like, oh, that really bugs me, or Facebook, whatever. If that's the first thing you're going to, it begins to stir up something inside of you and that could put you in, a, in the wrong direction for the day. So learn how to start right and learn how to begin your day healthy. And um, in my life, this is one of the things that um, over and over I saw the pattern in people in my life, whether it was a coach or pastors or mentors or leaders. Uh, one of the things they're always trying to get me to do is think differently than I was thinking. Uh, so the soccer coach, he wanted me to think differently than what, what I was doing to be able to change the way I played. Because um, he understood if, if I thought that I was weaker than the players, then I would play weaker. If I wasn't ready to win, I wasn't going to win. If I, and he began to try to say, challenge me that. Uh, mentors and pastors, they want to help me to see something different in my life. In fact, sometimes they would, they would see things in me that I didn't see, and they would call it out. They would say, Eric, you, you, there's some good things in your life. You've got to do this and this. And what they're doing is they're trying to challenge me to begin to think differently than I was. Now, we need people in our lives like that because everything begins with a thought. Romans 12.2, we read it in the message. Let's read it in the New, New Living Testament. Test, uh, it says this, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. And watch this, what he says. He wants to transform you into a new person, but where does he start? By changing the way you think. So God wants to change your life, but he, wants to, he needs to transform it, but he wants to start with the way, by changing the way you think. Why? Because everything begins with a thought. And the second reason is because what we think determines how we feel. So everything begins, first starts with a thought, but then what we think, it, eventually, it, it will determine how we feel about things in life. Um, when, when you have a certain thought about somebody, it affects how you feel about that person. When you have a specific thought about the day, it affects how you feel about that day. So if you wake up and you are grumpy, if you're upset, you're going to go into your day having these emotions that aren't healthy. And you'll view your whole life through that emotion and through those thoughts because it determines. So you have to pay attention. You really have to pay attention to your thoughts. Why am I thinking these? What am, what's causing me to think this? And I would say not just that, but begin to put reminders in your day to, that you can begin to live it out. In fact, you can test the scripture, Romans 12, where he says, let me transform you by the way you think. All you have to do is begin to cut out things in your life that actually lead you into, into, into the wrong thinking. If you'll just cut those out, like this week, if you just said, all right, part of my 21-day fast, I'm going to stop listening to news radio, right? If that's something that really bothers you, it gets you worked up. Just cut it out for a whole week. Not, not out of, like, out of, out of a, an offering to God, but just, just to test if the scripture is true. 
that one thing that bugs me the most, the one thing that stirs me up, Facebook, whatever it is, give it a break for a week and just see what, what happens to your thought process and to your emotions. I guarantee if you cut out those things, you'll begin to see things differently. Why? Because you don't have a negative influence in your life causing you to think ways that affect your, how you feel, and you'll begin to prove what the Bible says. Uh, Philippians says it like this, Philippians 4, Paul says, tells us, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything that's excellent or praiseworthy, what do you say? Think about such things. And when you do that, when you think about those things, what happens? The God of peace will be with you. So Paul is writing this letter in prison. Right? He's writing this letter in prison. He has peace in the middle of what we would think is a horrible place. Why? Because he's saying I'm focused on the right things, my thinking. I'm beginning to think about these good things, not just the bad things in front of us. Because um, here's the truth, and I think we'd see this in Paul's letter, is, is God doesn't always change the circumstances we find ourselves in, but he can give us peace in the middle of it. So if you're, you're in the situation you're in this week, if it's not good, in the middle of that, if you'll change your thoughts and, and he says if you'll fix it on God, he'll begin to bring you peace even in the middle of it. So a couple of reasons we need to pay attention to our thoughts is because everything begins with thought. What we think determines how we feel. And finally, our thoughts determine our destiny. The reason we do that is because our thoughts determine our destiny. In fact, next year, this day, what is today? Uh, January 14th. Uh, January 14th, 2019, you will find yourself wherever it is because of the thoughts that you thought. Whatever you think in 2018 will lead you to where you'll be in 2019. So if you want a, a really good year, begin to focus on what you think about and change those thoughts because your thoughts determine your destiny. The way you think leads you to where you'll end up. Uh, you probably have heard this before. It says if you sow a thought, you're going to reap an action. So if you plant, if you, whatever thought that is that you plant, eventually it's going to turn into an action. And then that action is going to turn into a habit. And if you sow a habit, that habit is going to reap a lifestyle. And as soon as you have a lifestyle, you will begin to reap your destiny. But notice though, your destiny is not from a habit. Your destiny is not just from an action. Your habit actually starts at a single thought. The single thought eventually leads, leads you down to your destiny. So if you learn to be able to focus and figure out your thought life, you'll be able to change. In fact, I think two of the most important thoughts we need to, to, to work on is what we think about God. Because if you think God doesn't care, if you think God is not a good God, uh, the way you live life will be different. But if you begin to realize the kind of God that he is, that'll change a lot of things in your life. And then the other thing is I think God wants us to begin to have, to have good thoughts about our, how we think about ourselves really important. And, and if you don't know this, and a lot of people don't, you need to begin to seek God and say, God, what do you say about me? Who do you say I am? Who do you, what do you think about me? What, what, is, what do you have for my life? And begin to invite him in that. And we'll talk about that. So Romans 8, 5 through 6 says this, those who are dominated by the sinful nature. So people that are dominated by the sinful nature essentially says those that are, that are doing what's contrary to what God has. Those that are just following the, it's a, it would be a downhill habit. Uh, downhill habit is the easy access. This would be any kind of thing that you're in, Allowing into your life that gives you a quick fix a lot of times that makes you feel good for a moment, um, but usually doesn't lead to anything good. So he's saying those that are dominated by the sinful nature, they think about sinful things. The reason they're dominated is because they're thinking about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they think about things that please the Spirit. Notice the difference here. There's two people God is saying. There's there's people that, that just do their own thing. There's people that please God. And the difference is in their thinking. In fact, he says if your sinful nature controls your mind, you have death. But if your Holy, Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and there is peace. So easy question. Do you want death in your life or do you want life and peace? Right? Hopefully you'd say life and peace. Um, but but it's, it's in your thinking. It's, it's where it begins. Um, those that are far from God or those that are saying, I want you in my life. So we said this, that every, every, everything begins with a thought. Uh, what we think determines how we feel. And our thoughts determine our destiny. This is why we need to pay attention to our thoughts. 
So now for the next few minutes, I want to give you some practical ways of how to actually do this. All right, so that's great. How, how do I work this out in my life? How do I have new thoughts? How do I develop this? I understand that's important to control my thoughts. Well, let's talk about it. Number one would be this. Find a, find, a, find a plan to control your thoughts. Be able to find a plan where you can say, I have um, an intentional plan in my life to be able to help me to take, take captive those thoughts, to begin to control those thoughts. In fact, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians that we need to take captive of the thoughts that aren't pleasing to God and then give them to God and make them obedient to Christ. Trans- change that, the way you're thinking. Um, it's, it's, it's what are you feeding in our lives? What are you, your plan, what is your plan to help you have positive thoughts and good thoughts and to know what God thinks about you? If it's, if it's, if you're looking at social media for that or the news, you'll never find it. God is saying have a plan. And I would say this, um, the, the best way to be able to find a plan is, is to make sure that your habit is a daily habit of reading the Bible, that you would get in the habit of, habit of saying my, the way that my plan is to be able to get more of God in my life, to have a habit. Now, we do this through accountability is one of the best ways. Uh, we have, um, I love this, that this year we started a, um, a one-year Bible reading through the Bible app, uh, Uversion. And um, what's great is every single day uh, you can go on and uh, you read uh, an Old Testament, a New Testament, a Psalm, and a Proverb. And then in a group, it's cool, it has this, this new feature that um, you can actually talk about it. So uh, when, I read, when I read the one year, what I do is I use this, the, the reading process called SOAP. So that's S-O-A-P. It's scripture, it's observation, it's application, it's prayer. So that that day I read something, something jumps out to me. Uh, that's the scripture. I copy it and I put it in the notes. And then the next thing I do is I make an observation. All right, this is something I learned. Um, and then uh, from the observation, I make an application. This is what it means for me today. And then I just say a simple prayer, write out the prayer for that, that, that uh, learning. And so I say, God, help me to apply these things that I just read. Help me to become the person that you say I can become and then uh, move on. And what's great is there's about 18, 19 of us that are uh, reading together. So it's holding us accountable and we're able to, to be on this journey together. I would say get people in your life to hold you accountable. When it comes to what you're, what you're in, letting influence in your life, like let people know. Um, if, you're, if you have specific struggles, let people know um, that you, so you don't do this alone. Don't do life alone. Let people help you. But you have to find a plan. It doesn't just happen by its own. You have to form a new habit, and part of that is developing a plan to be able to help control your thoughts. Number two is this. Find a place to think your thoughts. Uh, the idea behind this is this, that you need to learn to turn down the volume of everything else in your life so you can turn up the volume of God's frequency in your life. So it's, it's, We call this prayer, right? So prayer is saying, um, it's talking with God, it's having a conversation with God, or we turn down the volume of Facebook, we turn down the volume of, uh, of other influence in our life, and we say, God, I'm going to take a moment, just to, just to seek you. And it doesn't have to be a, a, a complicated process. It's just a conversation with God. It's a simple, God, I need your help today. Would you lead me? Would you help me? Just a conversation where you talk to God. Isaiah 26.3 says this, that you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And Colossians 3.2 says, think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. So when, when uh, you have a place to think your thoughts, what essentially you're saying is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Give an opportunity for, for me to, to quiet everything else down in my life and just say, God, I, I, want, I want to have time with you. I just talk to you and have a conversation with you. This would be through prayer. Number three, uh, we need to find, a, find people to stretch our thoughts. We need people in our lives that are going to help us to think better thoughts, to think beyond what we've ever thought before, to help us to become the kind of people God wants us to become. In fact, Hebrews 10 says it like this, uh, 24 and 25, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people, some people do, but encourage one another, especially now in the day his, his return is drawing, drawing near. So he's saying is we need to have people around us. Like don't stop, uh, don't give up on meeting together. 
Uh, like church is important. It's good. You need to come to church. So you have relationships. Well, the thing we would say is get, all, get involved in a small group also. Uh, this is the place where there's a few people get together and it's built around something um, that, that you like, whether it's parenting or, or finances or marriage or just something fun. But we, we have these small groups that are developed and then we, we get in a relationship. Uh, one of the groups I've been in for a long time is a coffee group. Just the men get together, a few men, and we talk about the message. Say, what, what stood out to you? What, what did you learn? What was challenging? Uh, what, what can we pray for you about? And what's great is when you have people around you, uh, they begin to help you to see things differently. These are the people I was talking about in my life, different mentors, coaches. They, they saw more in me than I saw in myself. And sometimes we need those view, those people to see so they can help us to become what, what, what God always intended us to become. Um, the Bible says that we find forgiveness from God by confessing our sins and asking him to help us on this journey. But we find healing when we confess to others. James tells us, five, James 5.16 says that well, confess your sins to one another and then you'll find healing. That's, that's where we begin to, to, to be able to work past all the hurts and things that we have in our life to move forward. So that's number three is find people to stretch your thoughts. Number four is find a, pur- uh, find a purpose to land your thoughts. What I mean by this is in your life, um, if you don't have purpose for your life, you'll be frustrated and you'll always be wondering why you don't have certain things and why you're not accomplishing everything uh, that you want to accomplish. In fact, uh, people that don't have purpose, they usually end up looking for purpose in all these different ways that never lead them uh, to really find purpose. It's a, it's, it's a quick fix. It's something that doesn't always get them, um, get them uh, to fulfilled. Romans 12, it says this, that if we continue to read on, it says, so do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing and perfect will. So in your life, God has a good, a perfect, and a pleasing will for you. Like tomorrow, God has a good, a pleasing, and a perfect will. This week, a good, a pleasing, perfect. This this year, a good, a pleasing, and a perfect will. Well, how do you know what His will is? Well, He tells us: don't conform, be transformed the way you think, be, be able to invite God in to to renew your mind, uh, to to move in and help you to begin to think new thoughts, to live new things. And part of that, reading the Bible, praying coming to church, being in small groups, all of these things are helping to begin to transform and change the way we think. But he's saying, I have something good for you. If you'll just be able to um, follow my lead and, and accomplish the things I have for you. In fact, I, I think the, the healthiest people in life are those that have the greatest sense of purpose in their life. Like they understand what they're doing. And the reason they're healthy is because they don't let all other things get them mixed up because they're saying, no, this is my focus. This is what I'm trying to accomplish so I don't get sidetracked because this is what what, what God has for me. And the, um, we do this, part of the process for our church, we do this through growth track. Uh, we help people begin to discover something about themselves, a personality, a spiritual gift. Um, 301 is one of our, our best classes next week that will happen. It's a way to discover purpose, that you can begin to live that out. And number five is this, find a power to fuel your thoughts. This is where uh, you, you have an ongoing source of keeping the right thoughts in front of you. Uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So he's saying, um, God, God has some big plans for your life. He has big plans for your life. But how will you have the fuel to keep those, those thoughts going and help you accomplish those things? You need a source that's going to help you. We, we would say, open your life up to the Holy Spirit. Open your life up to God. In fact, Jesus, when he was leaving, he says, um, I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to send you a helper. The Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to, he's going to encourage you. He's going to teach you. He's going to lead you on this journey. Open up your life to him because he will help you on this journey. It'll be a, it'll be a power, a strength to be able to help fuel those thoughts to move forward. Uh, in fact, Isaiah tells us that uh, God's thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. His ways are way better than our, th- our ways. He says, would you trust him? He'll lead you in a better way if you'll begin to let him 
lead you on this journey. So here's my challenge for the week. It's this. Would you have a new thought? Would you have a new thought? Because here's the truth. If you change your thinking, you'll begin to change your life. If you'll begin to change the way you see things, the way you think about things, your life will begin to follow that and begin to, to, to change with it. In fact, in the Old Testament, the, the idea of, of, of turning to God, the word is repentance. The Old Testament idea is that you're walking in the wrong direction and you return, you return to God. Like you've left God, you return to him. Uh, the New Testament idea of repentance, similar, but the idea is that you have to have a new change of thought. You have to change your mind. The idea is you, when, when you repent, you change your mind. So the idea is that the thoughts that were taking you down the path that is no good for you, for your marriage, for your family, for your future, the way you get away from that is you have a new change of a, a new thought. You have a, a change of, of, of process inside your mind where you say, huh, this way doesn't ever lead me to the way God wants me to. I need to change the way I think so I can go back towards God. In your life, if you don't ever uh, take captive those things that are holding you back, you'll never be free to move forward into what God has for you. Um, through, through the Bible, through prayer, uh, through getting people, relationships in, in our church, their team, uh, through letting God um, help you on this journey, those are all ways. But in the middle of it, it's an ongoing process of saying, God, I, I want to become that person, so help me, help me. And this is, I think, what's, what's one of the biggest um, struggles for us is because the thoughts that we've had, we've had them for years and years and years. And, and what happens is you have a thought over and over and over and over. It creates this, this deep rut where you just keep thinking it. But the way you break that is you have to have healthy habits, uphill habits, that you invite God to begin to give you the tools to be able to push through and overcome and, and break through those where you, where you create a new path in your mind and in your, in your life where you begin to move forward. You're inviting God to lead you. So have a new thought. Have a new thought. Change, begin to change your thinking and invite God to lead you to become everything he wants you to become. In fact, one of the, one of the things this, um, uh, this last year, a couple of... Uh, um, a couple of different pastors, you know, talk about having people in your life that will stretch you. Uh, I listened to a message from Craig Rochelle, pastor in Oklahoma. Um, super, super, um, in, he has a great, um, a great ministry that's impacting the world. And not just that, his church is pretty fantastic, but he's, he's helping other leaders and pastors get better. Um, him, another pastor that, that has influenced our church, Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands. Um, we went and trained with him before we planted the church. We've learned a lot. Uh, well, one of the things that uh, we talk about starting your day off right now, one of the things I learned from these guys is they actually have declarations that they make over their life. Like there's a daily declaration that helps them. They say, I want to have the right thought process. I want to be able to stay on track. So how do I start my day off? I, I invite God. I, I, I read the Bible. I um, pay attention to what he's saying. I spend a moment for, with, in prayer. But then they have this declaration. They speak over their life. And uh, I begin to say, God, I, I want to be able to be the kind of person you want. How do I keep that in front of me? Well, you have to have reminders. You have to have things that you can put in front of you that will help you. So let me read, read, let me read a daily declaration that I'm going to be speaking over my life, saying, God, I want to become the person you want me to become. Here it is. In my life, this is my declaration for today and for tomorrow and for, for this year. Um, Jesus, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife, and I will lay down my life to serve her. My children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip train, empower them to do more for his kingdom than they ever can imagine. I am growing closer to Dave. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. I'm anointed, empowered, equipped, and called to reach people far from God. My words, thoughts, and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. I choose to wake up with purpose, direction, meaning every day of my life. I love people and I believe the best about others. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. 
I'm anointed, creative, innovative, focused and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I equip leaders. It's not something I do. It's who I am. I bring my best and then I bring some more. It's what I do after I bring my best that makes a difference. The world will be different and better because I serve Jesus today. I am a servant of the Most High God. What would your life look like if you begin to say, God, I want to start my day off in a way where I declare that you have good plans over my life. God, today's going to be a better day because I am submitted to you. I'm following your lead. In your life, this year, 2018, it will only be better if you begin to submit your, your life to God. And it's going to start with the way you think about things. What you think about God, what you think about yourself, what you think about others. And for some of us, uh, that might seem like really easy. But it's going to take a, a daily habit of saying, God, today I submit. I declare over my life that you have good plans for me. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to read your word. And what's incredible that the one in your Bible is no matter how, times, how many times I read it, I still get something new out of it. Why? Because one of the scriptures that were up there, Hebrews, it says that the Bible is alive and active. It is the only book that you don't, you don't just read it. It actually reads you. And in fact, if you're reading the Bible correctly, it's reading you. Because it means you're open to it. You're open to say, like a mirror, what, what are you showing me in this as I read it? What are you pointing out to me? It's alive. Be able to, to reveal to us our, 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 the attitudes and our thoughts of our heart. So he's saying that the Bible, it essentially gets inside of us. It messes with us to say, that's not right. That's not working. Would you fix that? Would you change that? And every time I read it over and over and over, there's always something new. Because it's, like it's, like it's, it's a living. It's alive. It's active. It's there to help us. And I encourage you, make, make it a part of what you do on a, on a weekly basis, a daily basis. And here's the thing. Don't be legalistic about it. If you don't get to it one day, you don't have to catch up. Like if, if you started the reading plan with us today, I would say don't, you don't have to go back and read all the whole 14 days, two weeks. Just start there and just ask God, lead me. Lead me on this journey. Help me to become everything you want me to become. That's my challenge. Have a new thought. This week, would you have a new thought? When you find yourself in a funk, would you say, God, help me to have a new thought? Help me to think differently about these situations I'm in. Help me to have purpose in my life. Help me to see what you have. Uh, if you're here today, um, and, and you'll know when I, when I say this, is that you are stuck in life. Um, they're one of the reasons you came today is because you're looking for answers. You're looking for help. Um, and you came to, actually came to the best place you could possibly find because it, it, the influence that I'm telling you to have is, is the very God that made you and created you. Like he knows your personality. He knows your strengths, your weaknesses. He knows where you're missing it. And he knows where you can succeed. And in this journey, he's saying, would you just trust me to help to let me lead you so you can become everything I created you to become. It's amazing when a life is fully surrendered to God, what God can do with it. God, lead me and guide me. And so today I want to give an opportunity. If you're here today, and maybe like in the first verse we talked about, those that are controlled by their, by their flesh, by the, by the sinful nature, that might be you today. You're saying, yeah, I'm, I just go with whatever feels good and, and it's not producing anything good in my life. But today I want to make a change. I want to make a difference. If that's you today, I want to lead you in a prayer that would say, God, help me to have a new thought process that I turn away from what's not working to what you have for my life, to what does work. And any, any, anybody here in this room, when you find yourself in a moment where you realize, like, there's something that's not working in my life, what's going on here? I guarantee it's, God is saying, change something that you're doing, change something that you're thinking. And this is part of the process is God is saying, renew your thinking, change, don't just go with the flow, return, turn to God. Begin to say, God, lead me on this journey. 
give me the ability to climb to the heights. Give me the ability to, to live a life. Whenever you find yourself in a situation, the Bible just says just turn to God, repent, ask him. Pray. Simple prayer of saying, God, I'm, I'm missing it again. I need your help. But for those of you here today that want to make that, that declaration, that, that moment of saying, God, I, I surrender my life to you. And I want your help. I invite you on this journey. I'll lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer. Um, I'm not going to invite you to the front. I'm just going to pray, pray with you in your chair right there where you're at. Um, but it's an invitation of saying, God, I want to be what you want me to be. So the Bible says that if we confess that we've gone the wrong way, if we confess our sins, that he's faithful to forgive us. If we acknowledge that we can't do it on our own, that we need his help, it's, it's, we humble ourselves. He embraces us. He, it's why God sent his son to die on the cross in the first place. So we can stop going down ways that don't work and turn to a way that does work. Do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head as we wrap up service today. If you're here today and you'd say, that's me. I've been going the wrong way and I want to turn to God. I don't like where my life is leading and today I want God to change that. If that's you, would you, uh, right now, would you just lift your hand and let me know that's me. I'm here. Awesome. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. God, I want to follow your way. Awesome. For all you that raised your hand, I'm going to lead you in a just simple prayer. Um, just asking, inviting God to lead you and to be God in your life. Uh, if you raise your hand, pray this prayer with me. If you're a Christ follower, would you join me in praying so they're not praying alone? And just say this prayer. Say, say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help that I can't do it on my own. Forgive me for my choices that led me astray. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to die on that cross in my place. I believe he's alive today and has good plans for my life. I invite you to my life today to be my God, to lead me and to guide me. Give me new thoughts and a new thought process to become everything you want me to become. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.